passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos and my co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, it's back. It's better than ever. And a new web interface means that for the rest of the NBA season, there are more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's why BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head on your mobile device right now. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive that bonus. Look at it's got basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, all the way down to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. Chicago Bears lose to the Arizona Cardinals 33-22 to in Week 13. Hopefully you do not go to bet online and bet on that game because it was ugly. It was rainy. It was wet out there. But first, let's bring in my co-host to talk about the game. He's former Bears defensive end, Corey Wooten. He's also Fox 32 Chicago. He's doing some amazing post-game work for that network, too, as well. And this game, maybe yesterday, might have driven him to have a Miller light. Uh, this is where we're at in the season. I had a few. I had a few, man. You had a few. <laughs> uh, how are you, Corey? Welcome to the pod, man. Good to see you. Man, I'm doing good. You know, it's always uh, a little disheartening when the Bears lose uh, another one. Um, but, hey, you know, life goes on, and uh, we're happy and healthy, and we're enjoying this Monday, I guess, right? <laughs> I, love that. I love that spirit. Christmas is right around the corner. A new year yeah. is coming, whether we like it or not. That's a great point. And, Corey, if I can kind of walk through maybe the narrative arc of our season so far. I think we started off the year. We were doing our keys to win. And the Chicago Bears, you know, Corey, they weren't listening to us. And then somewhere in the middle of the season, all of a sudden, I felt like maybe they started deploying some of your keys, most specifically, you know, run the football, get that rhythm going, work that play-action pass. And now, Corey, they're literally taking our keys to win and turning them into the keys to lose because I feel like everything (laughs) that we brought up last week – is exactly what happened that they did the wrong way. You know, I brought up the Arizona Cardinals, the reason why they're 7-0, and the reason why they've beaten teams by 10-plus points or more in every single road game this year is that they have a turnover ratio of 2.2 over their opponent this season. They have 2.5 takeaways. We turned the ball over four times. Now, look, we were able to run the ball a little bit, but again, Andy Dalton throws 41 passes in this game. I, I like that David Montgomery got 29 touches on offense, but again, Khalil Herbert, a little flash here, not a lot of consistency. Let's just start on the offensive side of the ball. You know, what did you see? What did you? What was your takeaway on a rainy day? And how much can you put on those conditions in terms of their execution? Yeah, I was, I was a little disappointed, especially with such a rainy day. It was really slick. You saw early on both teams, even Kyler Murray, you know, mishandling some snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the Bears players, Cole met, you know, dropping some balls. Uh, you know, Jakeem Grant went off his hands. 
Um, so I didn't understand why they were so pass happy, especially early on. And that's what it seems like, right? The differences between a guy like Justin Fields when he's the quarterback and Andy Dalton. It seems like with Justin Fields, they really try to establish that run, get that going early. And then Andy Dalton, I think they feel comfortable with him in, in Matt Nagy's system to pass the ball down the field and, and, and get going. So, you know, with it being wet, I just didn't understand why the philosophy wasn't, you know, a run heavy uh, game. And especially, you know, with the Arizona Cardinals coming to town with all the weapons and, like you said, they, they really get the turnovers. You know, they win the turnover ratio every game. And how do you eliminate that in, in a wet game? You run the football, right? You, you hold possession, you hold the clock, you keep Kyler Murray and company off the field. So I kind of didn't understand early on why they were just so pass happy. And I was also a little confused where it just felt like that they never got into a rhythm play calling wise, where every time they did try and take a deep shot, it just seemed to be kind of the, the wrong call at the wrong time a little bit. I also noticed that Andy Dalton got a little banged up. We won off the field. We went to punt it. Arizona had a penalty where we actually got a first down, and we came back, and I think we asked Andy to do a five-step drop when he was, like, literally shaking his arm out there, and he was kind of throwing some wobbly ducks as well. And when you look at Dave Montgomery with those eight catches from the backfield, those are all check-down passes, right? Okay. That's all Andy Dalton saying, I don't like what I see. I'm going to check the ball down. And if you didn't watch the game yesterday, Bears fans, you could look at the box score and find a lot of areas where the Bears – we're ahead. Time of possession, yards. Um, you know they did a lot of decent things, I guess. But again, this is kind of the Andy Dalton offense, right? Where they kind of get you so far between the twenties. We talked about last week. But once you get a little bit closer in that red zone, again, there's a lot of issues with the turnovers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. You you can't have turnovers, especially when you get down in the red zone. That you can't win games like that. You know you have to score points. You got to put points on the board. You know, obviously we love touchdowns, but if you're in the red zone and you can't convert, the worst case scenario has to be a field goal, can't be a turnover in that situation. And yeah, when, whenever you lose the turnover ratio four to nothing, you're not going to win the game. I mean, you know, and, and, and kudos to the Bears. I mean, they kept fighting the whole time, you know, regardless of how lopsided it was um, at times. Like I really thought, you know, in, in the first quarter, I was like, this is going to be a 41 to nothing 41 to seven type of game like, i thought yeah. things were going to get out of hand in a hurry um just because they seemed like they were getting those turnovers you know they were able to capitalize on the scores and i'm like oh no oh no here we go and then i just thought the bears were going to continue passing the ball and with the troubles they were having catching the ball and things of that nature i was like this is this is about to get out of hand but you know like i said they fought um the only thing i didn't understand is is you know, when the game was pretty tight, you know, when it was like a one score, two score game in the first half, why you abandon the run game at times? You know, I, I feel like, especially in the first half, when stuff is close, you got to continue to run the football. And I thought David Montgomery was really, you know, having some good runs. You know, he slipped a couple times here or there. I feel like his total could have been more if he wasn't slipping, but he still ran the ball effectively. You know, 21 carries for 90 yards. He's the type of guy I think, you know, this is what it is. They're going to get him the ball, right? It seems like Khalil Herbert, you know, they might get him a carry or two, but it seems like they want to get him the going. You got to give him at least 30 carries, in my opinion. You know, 20, 21 is too low. I think he needs at least 30. And especially when you talk about an offense that's really struggling, that's how you take the pressure off whoever, whatever quarterback's in there. And, you know, it just baffles me sometimes how they just, you know, like what their thought process is, you know, it, it reminds me of that, that uh, Atlanta, Atlanta versus the Patriots Super Bowl game, right? When Atlanta has the lead and all you have to do is run the football, right? And then 
you know, Matt Ryan, you know, drops back and takes a sack and takes himself out of field goal range, like things of that, like they should have had that game won by running the football. Same thing with the Bears. Like I think they could have potentially won this game if they would have ran the football early on because you saw as they were getting it going, the offense was moving. They were able to mix and match everything going. And yeah, just sometimes coordinators, it, I just wonder if anybody's in their ear at all, like, okay, well, maybe we should run the football. But, you know, the, people are stuck in their ways, and we've seen this trend from the Bears, and it just continues to, to, okay, let's pass the ball here. Let's pass the ball. Even though it's a tight game and you're struggling offensively and you're worried about the O-line protecting this, that, and the other, run the football. It just, it's just common sense, and sometimes I think uh, coaches overcomplicate things. And on top of it, if I can maybe like do like an armchair psychologist thing, when the margin for error is so small, and we've been getting down in games so early, like in this particular game, when you throw a pick on the fourth play, offensive play of the game, and then Kyler Murray comes down, and then on a fourth down, they throw the ball in the end zone, they get a touchdown. I can see a guy like maybe Bill Lazor on the offense being like, I need to be the one to pick us up because I don't trust this, that, or the other. And I think there's that maybe subconscious mistrust going on with all these different units where like, I got to be the one to do this. I have to be the one to do that. And without that faith, you kind of maybe freak out a little bit. And you get yourself yep. in a position where you're unable to really kind of trust the feel of the game. And honestly, to Dave Montgomery's point, he's the only reason why I feel like it wasn't that 41 to 17 or 48 to 17 because that time of possession literally helped keep the Arizona Cardinals off the field. Like they only punted twice in the game and they had all those short fields because of the interceptions. I do want to ask you, and let's move over to the defense and let's put this game behind us. Um, you know, just what your thought on those Andy Dalton interceptions. Obviously, the okay. first one, tip pass to Jakeem Grant. He's a small target, but it definitely was behind him. Cole Komet mm. off him. Uh, the re reverse screen later in the game. You know how He's much? Back Allen. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much? Did, how much did, do you put on Andy Dalton? Okay. Um, and how yeah. much kind of just put that on? Sometimes football players making good football plays. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Jakeem Grant one. That you know that one's a kind of gray area. He threw it a little behind him. He got his hands on it. You know, that's that's kind of like a 50-50, in my opinion, a little bit on Andy Dalton, a little bit on Grant, you know, the conditions, et cetera. The Cole Komet one, uh, that's Cole Komet's fault. That's not Andy Dalton. He had the ball, and he just popped it up to him. And you saw later on that he took the gloves off because people fail to realize, you know, when you have these gloves nowadays that these receivers and tight ends use, they're really good in dry conditions, right? But when you get them a little wet, it becomes really slippery. That's why you saw him take them off later on in the game. So you either have to have a towel handy and continue wiping it. You got to get a fresh towel and it's tough at times. And that's why you see certain players, Hey, they'll take the gloves off because they don't feel confident with them because it becomes very slippery. And then the third one to Byron Murphy, uh, number seven, uh, that, that was just awful. I don't know what he was looking at. I mean, he just threw it right to, him. uh, I, I didn't understand that one at all. So that's on Andy Dalton. And then the last one is Zach Allen. That's a screen. You saw him there. You got to just throw it at his feet, you know, next next to the receiver right there, you know, the running back and and live to play another down. Like I I just I just didn't get that one. So two really bad picks, in my opinion. Um, you know, the first two, you know, like you said, a little behind Jakeem Grant, uh Coca Metz fault on the second one. But those last two, that's th those are bad football plays. And he's got to know as a veteran guy that's that's a game manager and has been his whole career you got to protect the football in that situation. And if you don't throw those two picks, we, we could be talking about a potential closer game, you know, because um, the Jakeem Grant one, you know, that, that happened, but Cole Komet, that shouldn't happen. And then those last two, 
that shouldn't have happened. So he should have really only had one pick in the game, in my opinion. And then we're talking about a completely different football game. And then maybe you would you would have been right on your score. Maybe. <laughs> we're tied now. <laughs> yeah. It's game on for the rest of the season. Well, yeah, because the Cole Komet one was in the Cole Komet one was in the red zone. Exactly. Uh, and and then, that was such a drive killer after a previous drive killer that, that that led up to an easy score for a Cardinals team that's really talented that was getting DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray back in the lineup. And yeah, and Cardinals scored 24 points strictly off of turnovers in this game. Exactly. And that's pretty much how that's going to that's pretty much how that's going to go from there. Uh, I want to read off something for you real quick before you move over to the defense, Corey. The Chicago Bears quarterbacks this year have thrown for 10 touchdowns. 10 passing touchdowns, Corey. That's it. And just while we're all keeping track here, I know we've had a lot of conversations, maybe not so much on this pod, we're probably in the outer air, and I hear from comments all the time from other people about Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields. Justin Fields in 10 games played, 11 turnovers for the rookie this year. Andy Dalton, five games played, now seven turnovers. Veteran. Former Pro Bowler. So that's now 18 turnovers from the quarterback position. We have 11 takeaways from the defense all season long. Um, I'm just stating the obvious. It's not good, but sometimes the numbers really hammer home a little bit of of what we're talking about a little bit. Um, Let's go over to the defense, man. What did you see? Um, Obviously, I think Roquan Smith played a really nice game, kind of gutting it out there, actually really chasing Kyler around. I do want to ask you, um, what else did you see from the defense? Because I kind of noticed that they were trying to play some games away from Robert Quinn, and I thought they had some success on the other side of the line against, against Gibson. What did you see? Exactly. You know, I, I saw them do some Texas games, some exit games. They're really trying to get things going opposite Quinn just because I feel like he attracts a lot of attention. And Gibson lately, you remember I told you, he's really come into his own. You know, we've really seen the growth from him uh, from last year to this year, and especially with Khalil Mack being out. Um, you know, you, you, you look at the stats and, and, the, and the sack numbers, and I think they had one as a team total. I think they got credit for one. I think when Murray might have scrambled out. Out of they, got, they, got a team, like they got a team sack. It team was sack, yeah. sack on the team set. Yeah, exactly. But so we didn't see the, you know, the sack numbers or anything like that. But I thought they played a pretty solid game, in my opinion. You know, they were backed up um, two unfortunate situations, you know, with those turnovers, you know, and then, you know, Arizona automatically being in the red zone. But I mean, keep Arizona, you know, the 257 yards, I think it was. And Kyler Murray, it kept him like 123 yards. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, he had four touchdowns you're responsible for, but, you know, a lot of that was backed up. So I, I thought the defense, they, they really weren't the issue. You know, my opinion, it was just turnovers. And, and like we said, anytime you turn the ball over four times and you don't force any turnovers, you lose the battle four, four to nothing. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer. That's like a 99.9% a chance for the other team to win so you know defensively yeah I, I didn't think it was a bad game at all I thought you know obviously you know if they could have bowed up a couple times you know in some of those situations you know where their backs were against the wall maybe force a field goal we could have been talking uh you know a little bit more but yeah I, I just didn't see enough in my opinion that I was like oh this defense was trash today or they were really struggling you know I thought it was a solid game to to keep them, uh, you know, like I said, under 300 yards, a really high-powered offense with all those weapons. And to be very fair, in years past, they kind of did on that first drive, right? They did yeah. stop them, and we talked about it on the pod last week. You know, Arizona is a team that always goes for it. They're the highest-rated team that goes for it on fourth down. They have the highest exactly. success rate. It was a fourth and two or three, I feel like. And also against the Chicago Bears, teams have been going against them on fourth down all year. 
they kind of did stand up on that drive, right, Corey? But unfortunately, you know, they they hit DeAndre Hopkins in that end zone for that touchdown. Oh man, that was a heck of a catch. moment. What a catch, right? Oh man. And and why did he have to come back in this game? You know, of all games, right? He could have just rested, you know, the 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 turf the way it was and the rainy condition. He should have just waited. Both of them, him and Kyler Murray, should have just waited till next week, right? <laughs> you know, could could have gave us a chance. But um, you know, I think uh, you know, what you said about Roquan, you know. What really impressed me was that one scramble Kyler Murray had, right? And he's one-on-one with Roquan Smith, right? Roquan Smith coming off a banged-up hamstring. So we know he's not 100%. And to be able to run with him, you know, it kind of looked like those those clips you see of, like, animals, like a cheetah chasing something. And he was step-by-step step with him, right? Kyler Murray juked and slowed down a little bit. He slowed down with him. Then he sped up. He was right there with him and forced him out of bounds. There aren't too many middle linebackers that can run with Kyler Murray step-for-step and Roquan did that. Like the the future is bright with him. He is he is in my opinion one of the best linebackers in the game. You know what he can do. He can tackle. He can run. He can cover. Um, chase down. One of the fastest quarterbacks in the league. I mean that was just impressive. That play right there. You know, and, and you look at it, you're like, oh, you know, he just ran him out of bounds. But the thing is, you know, to be able to run with Kyler Murray, that is impressive because, you know, there are some safeties that can't run with him. You know, there's some DBs that can't run with him. So. Roquan Smith, man, pay the man after the season, give him whatever he wants, bring trucks to Hallis Hall. Uh, <laughs> let's, 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 let's do this because he, he, he is that dude. Well, do you kind of feel like that, uh, again, this is maybe another Bears mistake where they probably could have extended him last year, but now he's going to be a pro bowler. He might even be an all pro this year. Yeah, I mean, good for Roquan, right? But I mean, obviously for exactly. the Chicago Bears, they kind of missed their window to maybe get a couple million shaved off that deal, right? Exactly. They should have they should have paid the man, you know, before the season, because, you you know, what you got. We've know we've known what we've seen from him. And he was just going to continue to get better, the more experience he has. And especially, you know, him becoming the main guy in the middle, you know, in the years past, it was like Trevathan and, you know, could have been a guy like Alec Ogletree. But, you know, Roquan Smith is the guy in the middle. He he's he's the new era of linebacker in Chicago. Right. We had Singletary for years. Then we had Erlacher and Briggs. Now it's Roquan Smith's uh, time. So I, I just love what I see from him. And, and for him, remember I talked about, you know, the way the Bears season has been going. You know, a lot of players sit out. You know, that's what we think could be the case with Allen Robinson possibly, right? Still has a hamstring as well. But Roquan Smith is, you know, showing that, hey, you know, I'm a little banged up, but I'm going to play for, through this. You know, I'm going to show you guys that I'm the top linebacker. I deserve every bit of what I'm going to get paid. And, hey, it's impressive to see him play because, you know, the Bears season hasn't been what we thought it is. And they're not going to the playoffs at this point. Um, so, yeah, it's hats off to him for for playing through that, gutting it out and sh- showcasing his speed, even when his hamstring ain't, isn't 100 percent. Yeah, we're teasing a little bit some of the bigger stuff, bigger picture stuff I want to get to in just a moment. But before I do that, we're talking about extensions right now. Put on your GM hat. And I know you're a former player, so you're always going to be pro player on this one. But put on your GM hat. What do you do with David Montgomery in the offseason? I see it as an opportunity. I know that he isn't you – know, I think he's going to be, be, what, in his fourth year of his deal. Yep. So in theory, you still have cost control over him. But we are kind of getting to that point where you could probably go to him and get an extension, give him some guaranteed dollars to maybe extend that year or two after his rookie cycled contract is up. Mm-hmm. What would you do with Dave Montgomery personally? So isn't this his last year? So this is, He came out 2018, right? Yes. So okay, this no, is no, last no, year. I'm sorry. So no, no, wait, wait. 18 was Jordan Howard. So nine. Jordan Howard. Okay. Yeah, 19, 19. 20, 21. Next okay, year, yeah, yeah. Or 
And okay. then they have the control over him for five. But, oh. but my question for you is, of course, you would think maybe fiduciary side, you wouldn't do anything with him that fourth year. Mm-hmm. And then that fifth year, you know, the, he's just going to keep getting better, in my personal opinion. Yeah. And there's a way where maybe you could do something where you could have him for that sixth year at cost-controlled money. I don't know. Where, where where are you maybe on that? Would you wait a little bit on him? I know that he's earned yeah. it. The question I, is the timing right. I, I, w- I would wait, in my opinion, because I think running backs, in, in my opinion, what this league has become, they're a dime a dozen. And, and you look at even, you know, some of the best backs in the league, they're not getting broken off like some other positions, like a defensive end, like a quarterback, like a left tackle. You know, because – even look when David Montgomery, no disrespect to him, but when he was injured, Khalil Herbert was putting up numbers, right? And this is a rookie, you know, a guy that, you know, was a six round pick, you know, that people are maybe not expecting everything from, but he, I think running backs nowadays, it's easier to replace a running back. So I'm, I'm just a little bit weary um, of, of paying, paying a running back uh, too much at this point, you know, in, in my opinion, I think because there's so many that you can draft around the league, you just, just look at one person gets injured, another guy steps up and balls out. So that's why I'm just a little cautious when it comes to the running back position. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like going to wait and see, you know, and if he ends up continuing to ball out, then I'm, then I'm going to pay. But for some other positions, like if we had a left tackle, um, you know, that was, that was a rising star, you know, kind of like David Montgomery. And, you know, we had a chance to pay him earlier. I would do that. That's a setting stun. Exactly. He's more of a setting stun right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I I would be more inclined to lock up like a a left tackle, an offensive lineman or, or a defensive lineman, like an end in particular, because I think those are the hardest positions, you know, to find, you know, I think, I think uh, running backs, you know, look, just really not playing running backs like they used to be. It used to be one workhorse and that was it. Now it's like the one-two punch. So that's what most teams are going towards. And and even look at the draft. There's not many first-round backs anymore. I think that's telling you everything you need to know. You know, they don't think you still uh, get a Javante Williams in the second or third round, right? Did you see him it, last night? Like exactly, right? So so that's why, in my opinion, I think you know I'm a wait and see on running backs because you know their careers are shorter than any other position. Um, you know, just because of the wear and tear they have, they're getting hit every play. So I'm just going to wait and see on that. Obviously, I, I respect David Montgomery. I think he's a beast, exactly what he does. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to wait and see if, if I'm the GM. You know, and if he balls out, then we have to pay him, um, you know, within reason. But I think that's the thing that becomes what teams are seeing. Like, well, okay, well, you know, we have this guy. We have Khalil Herbert. We have another guy that we can draft and that could step up. So th- I think running backs, their teams aren't, you know, is willing to pay these guys like they used to. Yeah, and it's fair to question also, is David Montgomery necessarily going to get faster in the next three or four years? Not really sure about that one. And, yeah, you, man, you're just strictly talking business on this and not just – you're not talking about the player. You're just talking about the way that the structure works in the NFL. Exactly. And maybe we're kind of advocating for the structure in the NFL in terms of the CBA collective bargaining agreement where you control the fifth year and you have franchise tags, all that availability. The only position that it probably screws is the running back, right? Yeah. Because the yeah, running back, you, you, in theory, you should a running back should be under what maybe a two or three year deal, and yep. maybe that third year is that option year, and yep. at the very least by his fourth year, which would be David Montgomery's next year, yep. you'd you'd have to franchise tag him or sign him yep. because he's entering exactly. his prime right now, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of what we're driving at. Exactly. So yeah, I, I think it's a wait and see. You know, with with the uh, shortened career of running backs, she does they just take a lot of a lot of beating, a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. So. 
Yeah, and and look at when, like we talked about, when David Montgomery went out, Khalil Herbert stepped up, and you couldn't really tell the difference, in, in my opinion. I mean, Khalil Herbert was a beast out there. You know, he was he was averaging at times more yards per carry than David Montgomery was when he was in there. So, yeah, know, and, I, and at times when healthy, Damian Williams had some good moments too. Exactly. As well. I mean, so exactly, and, yeah, and Damian I, Williams is a guy that, like, you know. He was he was a backup in Kansas City. Didn't get too many carries, this, that, and the other. So he he hasn't been a proven guy in this league. He's been able to do things here and there in a backup role, but he has never been that guy. So I think that's that's what we're getting at. Is is there's a lot of people in this league, running backs that can be viable options that can get you the yards per carry. You know, catch the ball in the backfield, do what you need them to do, and be productive. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Lightbox. I got news for everybody. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Listing cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a very light price. Only $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in plush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price so they won't have to they really do make any outfit sparkle so visit lightboxjewelry.com right now to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment now back to the pod Corey. before we get out of here let's get to a bigger picture topic let's move forward a little bit and i'm just like everyone i'm disappointed in this season um, I think a lot of people are probably heading closer to like the apathy or like the screw the bears and screw the McCaskies and all this other stuff. Uh, I don't want to do that on this pod. Um, I, 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 that's a reality. Right. And I'm not saying that we're going to go out and we're going to win out the rest of the season, but I do see opportunity for these last five games of the year. So, um, you know, as a former player and what you're seeing right now as an analyst, you know, what would you like to see? What can we possibly get and salvage out of this season moving forward? I get it tough opponent against Green Bay. But the last four games of the season are definitely winnable, competitive games. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you looking forward? You know, and if you're in that locker room right now, what do you want to get out of these last five games of the season? You know, I, I think mine is strictly, you know, well, more heavily towards the offense, right? I want to see. Justin Fields, you know, when, when he is healthy, I want to see him out there. I want to see you script him for success. I want him to get some confidence out there. I want him to get some reps, right? And at this point, you know, I, I want a game, you know, with a run heavy, you know, open it up with some play action, but get him confident in there. Get him some throws that he's comfortable with. Get him on the run. Get some of those hard play actions, right? Sprint outs, boots. I want to see some of that. Um, I really want whenever he's healthy, you know, when he can play, just to get him some confidence and, and some reps out there, because I think that's the biggest thing why we've seen so many ups and downs from him is just the lack of experience at this level. Right. Um, you know, and everybody can say, Oh yeah, you know, you, this, this person is ready and this person's already, but you need reps. And especially at the quarterback position, because everything happens so much faster than college, right? The reads, uh, people coming off the edge, the blitzes, uh, the defensive ends, the tackles and those are way faster, right? You got linebackers that can run with a guy like Justin Fields or Kyler Murray. You know, it's, it's unbelievable in this day and age. So this game is so fast. So I want him to get good reps in there when he's healthy. I want, I want him to become comfortable and, you know, I think, you know, you were texting me about, you know, the last couple of games. We want to see, you know, build that momentum into the offseason, right? And, and set the tone. That's you know, real, right? That's a real yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Next year? yeah. 100%. You know, I think at this point, 
you know, most, most guys on the team are playing for the position for next year or for another team. So no, no, nobody's out there loafing it, doing whatever, because people realize there's a lot at stake here. Right. Guy like Robert Quinn, right. He wants, he wants to, you know, go for his, his sack total, right. His, his career sack total is 19. He's, he's still, you know, eyeing that number. I mean, he could go on the tear here, you know, some of the other guy, Roquan Smith's playing for his next contract, right? This is a big deal. And he's going to get paid, you know, but uh, he wants to prove that he's the best linebacker in the game. And, you know, I think a lot of guys are trying to establish themselves and show a guy like Sam Mustafa, right? He's he's competing to showcase, hey, I can be a viable option next year. You might not have to go out, you know, worry about the tackles. Don't worry about me in here. A tough right? day yesterday for him. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a very tough day in there. Um, but, you know, he's he's been up and down this season. You know, he's had some really good games, some bad games. Um, but, you know, I think he's an option there that, that could possibly be a, a key backup, you know, when guys are, are hurt or whatnot. But I just want to see Justin Fields go in there and, and finish the season strong, you know, build some momentum. And then that way going into the offseason, you know, we're going to have an offensive minded offensive guru, you know, a guy that calls the plays, that calls the shots, that's going to script for success for a young quarterback. You know, I, I, I always look at the example like Cliff Kingsbury, right? He's coming from college. And like, oh, you're a college coach. You know, he, he likes to run all this other stuff. And hey, the first year was a little up and down. Your second year, same thing. And look at this year, you know, one of the best teams in the league. And what do they do? They surround him with weapons. Yep. They have some of the best weapons in the league, right? DeAndre Hopkins, you know, AJ Green, Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore. And then you look at their running backs, right? Uh, Connor and Edmonds, right? Connor, I think, has 12 or 13 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. And I think he has 14 or 15 total with his uh, receiving touchdowns as well. So it's unbelievable the amount of weapons that they have around them. And it's all about stacking. That's what the Bears need to continue to do, right? You know, I think they have some viable options. We're going to have to see about Allen Robinson. His future looks like it might not be in Chicago. So we need another receiver in there. You know, I feel good about Cole Komet. Hopefully he can continue to progress. But we need, you know, I think we need a, another two receivers, you know, some some studs in there. I feel good about the running back position, but we need to sure up the tackle position. Hopefully, um, Tevin could be back next year. Um, hopefully, hopefully he'll be healthy. It seems like they're probably going to shelf him the rest of the season. It seems like. Yeah, that's what they're know. saying, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm on board with that, but of course, I don't know his medicals, and clearly, he needs tons of times of reps just to get into game shape. Yeah. He hasn't been knocking heads like a whole lot. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Be and then, and then, especially if you have a uh, young quarterback in there, Justin Fields, you don't you don't want Tevin Jenkins out there, you know, testing out the waters, you know, when he's not yeah. in full game shape at that point. So. I don't know. This might be a thing where his his back is, uh, you know, worse than we thought. And it could be I'm hoping it's not like a Chris Williams situation who I play with. You know, he's a guy that, that came out and had a really bad back, uh, you know, his first year. And then it kind of it kind of derailed his progress in Chicago. So I'm hoping it's not the same situation. And hopefully they're just being cautious about it and maybe just say shelfing him this year. This is a red shirt year for him. He'll come back next year strong, ready to go. And and be the be the starter at left tackle. And so wait, real quick, because you've done it before. He did play a snap on the extra point, I guess. So he was out yeah. there on the special yeah. teams for a second there. Is there any concern for you though, if they're like, hey, we're gonna shelve him that he hasn't been in like live football contact, like in between those white lines for almost two years by the time he gets to camp next year? Does that concern you at all with the back? Wouldn't you want to get him in there just a tiny, tiny little bit, or or where are you on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm just a little confused because you know, in, in my opinion, I think you know Jason Jason Peters has done a done an okay job at times. You know, I think he's a really good run blocker, but you know, he's at the point where this is probably his last season playing. You know, in my opinion, it was before we pulled. Him yeah, off the yeah, he, he was on he was on a boat. You know, um, but but I think um, you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I think. If, if Tevin Jenkins is ready, I think you need to play him these last couple of games. We got to see, you know, what he can do. We have to have him some experience to get some top rushers out there. And, and you know, if he's going to be the future at left tackle, we got to see, right? Or is he going to be a right tackle? We, we have to know this. So that way we can, you know, draft accordingly, uh, you know, pick somebody, pick somebody up, uh, you know, in free agency and, and things of that nature. So I think you have to know what you, what you, because, you know, I look at, um, What's the guy's name from uh, the Giants a couple of years ago uh, from Miami? Eric, uh, he, was a, he was a tackle. Eric Flowers? Or- Eric Flowers. Yeah, yep. yeah. He was somebody they thought was a left tackle and was not, right? And then he kept shifting around. He went to right tackle. Then he went to guard, you know, and he's a guy that got off. Who's the- Sewell right now? He's on the right side. I- exactly. So I, I think that's the situation where we have to see is, hey, is he is he the true left tackle of the future? Because you ha- every team needs their left tackle. You look at some of the best teams, look at the Rams, you know, their they're la- left tackle, Andrew Whitworth. He's like 40 years old, still balling out there. You know, he's been in this league for a while. So I think you have to sure up, especially the left tackle position. You know, in my opinion, a right tackle, I think you can get by with a really good blocker and a guy that's OK at pass protecting. You know, especially with a mobile guy, you know, that, that, you know, remember I talked about, you know, you learn each other, right? A right tackle could, you know, influence the guy inside, Justin Fields can get outside, things of that nature. But your left tackle, you need that to be a dog. You need that to sure up that left side. So I want to see more from Tevin Jiggins this year, but it seems like they're just going to gonna sit him. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's the right thing to do. And I'm hoping they don't do the same thing with Justin Fields, you know, because in my opinion, they, they might do that because this, this might be a thing where they're like, you know, the management, everything, they're like, hey, we're just worried about next season. We don't want anyone to get hurt. Um, and well, I, I don't know if I agree with that. But man, so, Corey, uh, man, we were texting about it yesterday, and this is my pitch. And I think the easiest way for Bears fans to get optimistic about the team moving forward is it's, it's in the near future. And what I would personally do is that I would start Andy Dalton next week mm-hmm. and have Justin Fields practice. Go out, get your head kicked in by Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Talk to Allen Robinson and just see what what the story is, and ask him. Look, man, we're still interested in getting you involved. If it, even if it is in the next couple of weeks, is if he really is hurt and it's a four to six week ham, hamstring injury, I'm not gonna take that off of him. Yeah, get with him and say, hey, man, we really want you involved. And after that Green Bay game, after you get blown up by Green Bay on Sunday night with Andy Dalton under center, you officially fire Matt Nagy. And the reason why you do it then is because then it opens up this four week window. Against the Vikings, the Giants, the Seahawks, and the Vikings again. And if you look those guys up, all their defenses and all their secondaries are a little bit vulnerable, just to say the least. I think those are great matchups for Justin Fields. And you get an opportunity to say, these are four games right here with Chris Tabor, interim coach, whatever. But these are four games where the universe revolves around Justin Fields. The whole team, the entire program, those four games are dedicated towards him. And I'm hoping that they can get Tevin Jenkins out on the field. Or at least some of that, right? I mean, I think that yeah. maybe that Seahawks, that Giants game, that's a pretty juicy landing spot to at least get him a couple snaps and a couple series because I don't know so much about their pass rush. And those are two teams that are completely up the track too as well for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a world where we can actually walk out of this year as a Bears fan, as much as it hurts right now, and say, Matt Nagy's already gone. Justin Fields has looked pretty damn good these last three or four games. 
Tevin Jenkins made it onto the field. And let's go. Let's build some of that momentum a little bit heading into next year. And there's a way to actually walk out of this season with optimism. No, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, there's, there's no, there's no uh, moral victories in, in terms of everything. But I think fans feel better, you know, if we finish the season strong. You know, if Justin Fields really performs well, I think they're going to be optimistic about it because right now what you have, Bears fans are diehard. We, we, we both know how they are, you know, ups and downs. But what they really want is a winner at quarterback. That's what they've been missing. That's what we've been missing for, for years, right? Jim McMahon is, is probably the, the, you know, last winner at quarterback that we've had. And, you know, in my opinion, you know, he, he was a pretty decent quarterback. He had sweetness in there. And he managed the games at times, used his feet. He, you know, didn't turn the ball over. Um, but Justin Fields, I think, can be a rising star in this league. I think he can be, you know, one, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, there's nothing he cannot do. I think it's about getting his confidence up. And if you can, you know, these last couple of games, if you can have him performing well and really showcasing what he can do, running the football and passing the football, and, hey, you may not win all the games, but if he performs well, I think the fans, this fan base will be reinvigorated and excited for next season. You'll be like, okay, we can't wait till next season because Justin Fields is going to have the coach. He's going to have a coordinator that's going to script him for success. You know, we're going to get things going defensively. And, hey, I'm, this, the future is bright with Justin Fields in Chicago. I love it because also, look, like, I'm going to get on my turd shining kit here a little bit. I'm going to shine a couple of turds because what also happens in that offseason is Justin Fields looks good. We have some optimism and look, these aren't excuses, but then all of a sudden you begin to paint this narrative where you go, look, we got the head coach out. We got a new head coach in and we go back and we go, look what happened last year. We didn't have Hakeem Hicks for half the season. Khalil Mack underwent a season ending foot surgery. You cut your, you cut your cornerback one before training camp. And then you brought in Desmond Trufant who unfortunately didn't even make it through camp. And then you were playing with your backup all season long. We played half our season without our wide receiver one in Allen Robinson. We didn't play with our second round future left tackle for the entire season. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we had a rookie quarterback. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I looked it up today. Corey, the combined record of the teams that we've played this season, I don't even want you to guess because the number is crazy. Now I'm going to give you the number if you remove the Detroit Lions just for a second. The combined record of the teams that we've played this year is 78-41-1. So winners. All of them winners. And even if you yeah. tack on the Detroit Lions, there it goes to 80-59-2. So those, we've played a plus 500 schedule all season long. No excuses. Just saying as we move into the offseason with storylines, that schedule obviously changes, right? Because then we get the third-place team yeah. in the random whatever division. Our schedule will be, will be, a, little bit, like a, little bit, a little bit softer. Yep. And all of a sudden, you can start kind of picking these different things together and kind of sort of build a narrative where you say the Chicago Bears could, in theory, have a bounce back. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Corey, I heard it this morning. Several unnamed coaches declined to interview for the Notre Dame job because everyone knows that Ryan Day is leaving for the NFL next year and they're waiting for the Ohio State job to open up. I told you, right? I told you. I told you. I mean, I, I... he's going to get an interview in Chicago, right? Oh, hundred percent. And, and, and if, uh, if you're Ryan day, right. A quarterback that you're familiar with. And I think he's, he really loves Justin Fields as a quarterback. I mean, he's talked about him. I've heard interviews about him. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a match made in heaven, in my opinion, you know, a guy that, you know, what he can do, like the back of your hand, you coach him for two years, you've seen his growth. Um, you, you know what he does well, you know, what he doesn't do well. Um, 
yeah, I, I feel good about that situation. Hopefully, you know, every, all, everything can line up, you know, dollars, cents, everything, and he can come in there. And yeah, I, I think it's a good situation because, you know, I think Ryan Day, you know, is a guy that's proven he's a, he's a great coordinator. You know, it's, it's not somebody that was, you know, had the title, but the head coach was calling. He's called the plays, you know, even when Urban Meyer was there. So he's a guy that's been, has a proven track record. And, you know, as a head coach, what he's been able to do to manage the team and, and the coordinating um, duties. So I feel good about that. I feel, I feel good. In, in my opinion, he's my strongest candidate right now. Obviously, Sean Payton, that would be amazing. I just don't see that happening. I don't see them letting him go. You know, well, I, yeah, I, and that that's going to cost a ton of money, and then you get involved yeah. in compensation. Now, look, that just because what I want doesn't mean that that's going to happen. And I'm with you yeah. outside of maybe somehow, some way, the Pittsburgh Steelers let Mike Tomlin leave, or you know, I, I'm going to throw this one out there too as well. I'm not really big on it, but there is a world where Vic Fangio gets fired in Denver, and Jim Harbaugh and Fangio reunite, even though they kind of sort of left it on not great terms but they could reunite again in chicago and come yeah. home and do that that, I mean, that would that would be amazing it'd know? be exciting it'd be a cool headline right i think the ryan day move is probably better because as we've seen in the past i think if you have an above average offensive mind match with a quarterback that their their synergy syncop syncopated you know what I mean? yeah. simpatico yeah I mean, that's probably the best way to roll yeah, and I, I like Ryan Day because Ohio State runs their program like an NFL program. You know, the, the coaches coach you, but they're but they're not like a Greg Schiano type, right? That didn't fit in in the league. He was one of those get on you, you know, you have to do what I say and that's it. And we're gonna attack know, the kneel down. <laughs> yeah, pe people that um, you know, I knew that played for Tampa when he was there, uh, they were fed up with him. And grown men that are getting paid. Uh, more than you, you can't tell them what to do. I'm, I'm just, to be honest, right? Like that doesn't fly, right? I think there's a certain level of respect that you have to have for players, you know? Um, you know, I think, you know, the younger guys, the, the guys haven't proven themselves. Maybe you can get on them a little bit more, but the veteran guys that are proving themselves, you can't can't get up all on them. And I think a guy like Ryan Day knows that from from seeing Urban Meyer and how he was and, and coaching these studs. I mean, Ohio State's an NFL factory, you know? you know, whatever you want to call it. Can you bring a lot of And can we bring some of those receivers over there too? Can it, we figure it, that it, out somehow? It, exactly. So I think, I think that's a thing that could be a no brainer because, you know, it could, it could be an Ohio state pipeline to the bears. You know, they, they put out talent every year. Um, got some of the best players in the country. So I would, I would love to see that, you know, in, in my opinion, I think, I think it's a no brainer. You know, when I, when I look at what Cliff Kingsbury has done, uh, in Arizona, I think, you know, Ryan Day could could do the same thing in Chicago. And who knows, maybe, uh, you know, if Vic Fangio is not there, maybe, you know, Ryan Day, you're the head coach, but hey, we bring Vic Fangio on as a coordinator again, you know. Um, why why wouldn't could, he? Is a, a system that we let him have full reign of over that defense. Yeah. He's already got some personnel here that he likes and already knows. Exactly. He's kind of bringing some new guys a little bit. It'd be an easy stepping stone for him to get back in position if you ever want to be a head coach again. Exactly. Kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and I, I, I think that'd be great. You know, Ryan Day would handle the offense and then Vic Fangio defense and in the dream world, I think that would be a, a match made in heaven. Great for Justin Fields, great for the Chicago Monsters of the Midway defense that we knew that could stop the run and then get after you. Like, imagine imagine if we had Vic Fangio this, this season with the weapons, with Robert Quinn, you know, Gibson really coming into his own, Khalil Mack when he was healthy, Keem Hicks if he was healthy as well. I mean, I mean, oh man, we were always looking for somebody opposite Khalil Mack and that Leonard 
Leonard Floyd was never that guy. Then we have Robert Quinn having 11 sacks already in the season already. So, man, if, if Vic Fangio was here this season, man, they they, they might have broke the sack record this year as a team. Yeah, and rejuvenate <laughs> Eddie Jackson, right? Because isn't Vic Fangio known for, like, pre-snap disguise? He's great exactly. at, like, little, like, deceptive rotations the last second and even, like, right afterwards, like, falling in and out of areas. Exactly. You know, I, I, that, that would be the dream scenario. So hopefully that can work out or, or something along those lines. Um, we can get one or the other. I think it just comes down to an offensive guru, a true offensive guru and, and a, a defensive guru as well. You let somebody handle defense. Uh, I would want a offensive minded head coach, in my opinion, especially with Justin Fields there, because I think he's, he's one of, he's one of those guys that, I think it'd be the next rising star in the league. And it's, and it's all about who, who this next coach is, in my opinion. I'm with you, Corey. And it's official, Bears fans. The universe now revolves around Justin Fields and how we go about doing that the rest of the season and moving forward. I mean, that's our life now. And look, the season might be over and we're playing Green Bay next week. But I'm calling it right now, especially on Believe in Bears here. And this is why you need to come back. No, the Bears aren't going to win next season. Uh, <laughs> I, got you. I got you going. I brought the eyebrows up to up to the top floor on that one. No, I'm calling it right now. Next week against the Packers is the final week of the season until we begin a brand new era in Chicago Bears football. And I'm treating these last four games of the season like a completely different season. I really am. I'm going to look at it in a totally different way. We're out of it now. We're looking at who stays, who goes, Fields' development, what they do. Hopefully Nagy won't be involved. And I think there's a possibility that we could see some good things out of those final four games. And we'll just have to take it from there. But, Corey, that's going to do it for us today. Bears lose in week 13. They play the Packers in, uh, next week, Sunday Night Football. We'll be back in a couple days to preview that. And you know what? I don't know. We'll preview it, but maybe it's a great opportunity, Corey, to just have some story time with Corey. I mean, maybe want to ask you some yeah. crazy stories, and we'll have some fun and cut it up in some other topics. Let me talk about some some Green Bay stories. We'll talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. that. Yeah, bring that. Yeah. Bring that, man. Because, you know, as much as we want to figure out uh, how the Bears are going to solve Aaron Rodgers, it might not happen. So let's exactly. try and have a good time in a couple of days, and hopefully everyone comes back to check it out. Today's episode of Believe in Bears was brought to you by betonline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use Believe code 50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Also brought to you by Lightbox Jewelry. So happy to have them as a new sponsor here for the final month of the season. Make sure you check out lightboxjewelry.com. My name is Joey Christopoulos at Joey Sports Guy. Corey Wooten, former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten. Great to see you, man. We'll be back in a couple of days. Take us home. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for another week of this. And uh, hey, it's Packer week, so we're gonna preview. We're we're gonna get we're gonna give you the, the keys, the recipes for how they could possibly how they possibly, could in theory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, be Green Bay. You know, I, I I don't know if it's gonna happen, but you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can do uh, to win this game. Uh, you, you know, you know what my top key is every week, and sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't, but. Um, I'm just looking forward to another week of football. You know, he, even the ups and downs of the season with the Bears, it's always great to see them play, especially in this rivalry week. Um, so we're looking forward to it. Thanks for your guys' support. Um, appreciate you guys. Love the feedback. Um, you know, we're, we're, we love doing this. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can shock the world next week. I don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll, we'll see. And, you know, you can follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram, at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y-W-2-O's-2-T's-O-N. And, uh, yeah, drop us a comment. Let us know. We lo love the feedback, guys. Bear down. The season's lost. But guess what? We still have this guy. All right? There's a lot to look forward <laughs> to. There's a lot to watch. And there's a lot of key reasons to keep listening and watching, especially here at Believe in Bears. Be well. Be safe. Please be good to each other. We will be back soon. Until then, bear down. Have yourself a good week. And, uh, and we'll be back.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.